0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen to part two of the NFL super team. I'm super excited and I appreciate you guys listening. This episode is going to focus on the most unappreciated and underrated players of the game on the offensive side, the offensive line. These are the beasts in the middle who protect all the specialty players that everybody loves to watch. I just wish they had more awards and highlights different appreciation for the offensive line as a bigger gentleman myself who has played you know a lot of those positions throughout my football career i of course have a special heart spot in my heart for them and love watching the things they can do and i would i would like to see what everybody else thinks i know sometimes a lot of people Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to part two of the NFL Super Team. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited about this episode. This episode, I'm talking about the underrated and unappreciated offensive line. They are the Goliaths down low that hold the fort and protect this house. We must protect this house. So they are the ones who put up that line that gives the specials uh, ability to do what they do. And I don't think they get enough attention and accolation for it. Not sure if accolation is a word. Accolades maybe is it, but accolation is now a word. Put it in the dictionary. So let's just get right into it and get started with the first position, which is the center. Now, I love this position. It is my main position I played throughout my career, and I absolutely loved it. I love being the first one to touch the ball, the kind of commander and chief of the the offensive line, looking around, making calls, noticing things. It was just um, one of my favorite things to do. And also, there's a great bond with the quarterback. The center has that I don't think a lot of people know. You know, since you guys are very intimate, hands under that ass, and you communicate, and you, it's it's a beautiful bond and. I love that. A lot of responsibility and all of that is, uh, it's pretty cool. So first people that came up, well, the first thing I actually realized doing this research is a lot of the greatest centers and other linemen as I was doing this research come from Wisconsin. So I guess it makes sense when it's uh, the south of the south of the north and you have a lot of big farm boys and just, they grow beasts up there, eating a lot of cheese and drinking a lot of beer. So we're, uh <laughs> We're all about that. And you have Jim Ringo, who was the center for the Packers that won two Super Bowls. He was Pro Bowl 10 times. Not sure if he could hold his own with the massive, dominating, strong D tackles today. But he is definitely a legend. So that's why he's not my uh, top center. And then we have Mike Webster, which is a four-time Super Bowl winner. And he made a lot of all-time teams. Yet I wonder if it was due to being a part of such an incredible team that made him seem better as a center. You know, he was a part of the the dynasty of the Steelers with Bradshaw, Lambert, Ham, Mean Joe Green, and all of that team. That squad was totally stacked. So I just wonder if uh, that made him look a, a little bit better but he obviously is a legend and he deserves what he the the hall of fame status he has and all of that that's that's just an explanation of why he's not number one in my heart and then you have chuck Bennerick, who was a legend in his time when he played this was back when they played both sides of the ball so he was a center and he was a linebacker And he was amazing at both. He was very versatile, but he's actually more known for his defensive side and being a defensive linebacker, being that he actually has an award called the Chuckman Narek Award, which is given to the best defensive player each year in college, I believe. So he's more known for defense, which is why he wouldn't have been, but he's also a little bit smaller as well, being the fact that he was able to be a linebacker. And it's funny that the center is usually a smaller Linemen compared to the rest, and I don't know if it's because they need to be faster or move more. But when I played, I definitely was the anchor in the middle, being one of the heaviest players. And I, I don't know. Uh, I think based on my skill set is why I was allowed to do that. But throughout, I was younger growing up. They wanted to put a smaller guy there for some reason. I don't exactly know why. Maybe because they don't do a lot of rushes straight up the middle and so they want a softer guy there to be able to go up to the linebackers quicker and faster, and then you need the meatier guys with the guards and the tackles. But either way, I loved being able to play center, and he would have been the lighter of the centers to choose. But the one I chose, my, my center on my team is Jim Otto, well-known to be a consistent and dominating center, playing for the Oakland Raiders from 60 to 74, first team all AFL 10 times, an AFL all-star nine times, all-pro three times, and on the AFL all-time team. He's also on the NFL all-time team. So he is uh, very appreciated and a legend, and that's why he is uh, my center of choice on my super team. So let's move over slightly to the guards. And you can start with uh, Mike Muchak, who is a nine-time Pro bowler who played for the Houston Oilers and now is the offensive line coach for the Denver Broncos, you know, Will Shields beast 12 time pro bowler who played for the chiefs for 13 seasons, winner of the Walter Payton man of the year award in 2003. That is not a small award. It is a uh, very prominent and very well respected and he won it. And he's also inducted into the Kansas city chiefs hall of fame. So There's that, but still, not who I selected as one of my two guards. There's also guards is a very stacked Hall of Fame class. It's there's a lot of great, great guards to choose from. You have Gene Upshaw, the six foot five, two time Super Bowl champ for the Oakland Raiders. He is. The first player to be in the Super Bowl in three consecutive decades, playing for 15 years between 67 and 81, and being inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro, AFL champion, AFL All-Star, two-time first-team All-AFL, second-team NFL 1970s All-Decade Team, the 75th and 100th Anniversary All-Time Teams. He very well decorated, and he's a really good, great, legendary player. But he just just missed it out because my my two guards that I choose on my team. The first one is the mammoth, the beast, Larry Allen. This six foot three. 325 pound Goliath. This man was one of the strongest players to ever play the game. He benched 705 pounds and squatted 905 pounds. This dude was a, a wall. He was just a massive wall that people had to get around because you could try to get around. It would take you quite a long time to get around. He was that massive, but also going through him was impossible. He played the majority of his career with the, career with the Cowboys and played his final season with the 49ers, eventually being inducted into the NFL pro football hall of fame. He was a super bowl champion, 11 time pro bowl, pro bowler, seven time, first team, all pro NFL, 1990s, 2000s, all decade teams, both those teams, NFL hundredth anniversary, all time team. And he's a Dallas Cowboy ring of honor. He is a legend and a must-have when it comes to protecting your quarterback. So that's why he's my first pick of guard. And my second pick is John Hanna. The Hog, his nickname. This New England Patriot before the Patriots became the Yankees of the NFL, the shitheads. He played from 73 to 85. This man started every single game he played in, 183 games, also 10 fumble recoveries to which he is three shy of the record. He is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, of course, nine time Pro Bowler, 10 time All Pro, NFL's 1970s and 1980s All-Decade team. The NFL 75th and 100th anniversary all-time teams. New England Patriots number. His number was retired, so nobody on the Patriots can ever don number 73. New England Patriots Hall of Fame, two-time All-American. He is, of course, one of the greatest and has to be on my team. So John Hanna, the hog, the guard. Next is the towers on the outside, the offensive tackle. You know, first up was Joe Thomas. This Wisconsin native played for the Browns for 10 years, making it to the Pro Bowl every year, playing and starting in 167 games, earning the Cleveland Browns ring of honor. You also have Bruce, Bruce Matthews, who this man played every position on the line at one point, including long snapper playing in the NFL for 19 seasons. He is an incredible lineman, but he also isn't really known for, he's more known for a guard, but he also played tackle with proficiency. So I would say he's more of a utility player. So he might come back up in my team somewhere, but he he he's just not known for being a tackle and the best tackle. And I want the best tackles. So Jim Parker is also known as being a guard, but he he's in, I think he, for the NFL all time team, he's as a guard, but he also played tackle and he played for the Baltimore Colts for 10 seasons from 57 to 67. He was the first full-time lineman to be inducted into the pro football hall of fame. So, like I said before, they played both sides. And usually when you were inducted in the hall of fame early on, you played both sides and you were just inducted into the hall of fame, um, mainly as one of the two, if not both, but now he was the first one to be inducted for strictly being one position, which was alignment on one side of the ball. Not only that, but he was also inducted in the college football hall of fame. I think he's one of the first players as I was doing my research to hear that he was inducted in both hall of fames. He is a, he's a legend and it's said to be the pure, he is the best pure pass blocker to ever play the game. So, he was a two time NFL champion, nine time first team All Pro, second team, eight time Pro Bowler. He was on the All Decade team in the 50s, 75th and 100th anniversary All Time team. His jersey number 77 is retired for the Indianapolis Colts, and he has a Baltimore Ravens ring of honor. So, Jim Parker is definitely one of the best, but he's not in my top two. So, my first tackle I would take would be Forrest Gregg. This legendary Hall of Famer was a key player in the Packers dynasty under Vince Lombardi, winning five NFL championships and the first two Super Bowls ever. He played with the Green Bay Packers for 15 seasons, finishing his career playing for the Dallas Cowboys, where he won another Super Bowl, making a total of three. Nine-time Pro Bowler, seven-time first-team All-Pro, AP NFL coach of the year because he also went on to coach. He coached for San Diego Chargers as an offensive line coach. He coached for the Cleveland Browns starting off as an offensive line coach and then eventually became the head coach of the Browns. You know, coached for the Bengals and he went and coached with the Green Bay Packers. But he also was a part of the NFL 75th and 100th anniversary all-time teams, 60s all-decade team, and he's in the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. So he is my first tackle. The next tackle I would take would be Anthony Munez. This Cincinnati Bengal played 13 seasons and is regarded as one if not the greatest lineman of all time, being inducted into the Pro Bowl Hall of Fame in 1998. Also probably the best draft choice in Bengal's history. He won the Walter Payne's NFL Man of the Year in 91, nine-time first team all-pro. He also consecutively 11 Pro Bowls consecutively first team NFL 80s all-decade team 75th and 100th anniversary all-time team Cincinnati Bengals Ring of Honor and the Bart Starr Award definitely an incredible lineup there and I don't think anybody would get through especially since on my team I would take I'll be explaining my defensive line here And I'll be taking all the best linemen on that side. So your linemen won't be able to touch my quarterbacks and my running backs. So good luck. Also, I want to mention before I close this episode that Anthony Munez also scored five touchdowns. So he was very versatile in that way as well, where he was able to, uh, you know, have good hands as a lineman. A lot of people say that in growing up, I heard that a lot where linemen don't have good hands, where they don't catch the ball that well and they have fumbly hands because they just grew up blocking things, which is usually just putting your hands out and punching somebody and keeping somebody off, but you don't really have the soft hands to catch the ball, which I can see possibly being true. But the way I grew up, we, we didn't just practice lineman drills, right? We played every position, we caught, we threw, we practiced every single part of the every single part of the game, you know, even when we were, you know, trying to be better linemen, we still kept our natural athleticism very much well oiled and ready in case. Cause I think most linemen, I don't know, I can't speak for all linemen, but me as a lineman always wanted to be a tight end. Like I love the idea of being able to have the ball. So him scoring five touchdowns has got to feel pretty amazing, but it's just sometimes when you're big, You can even still be pretty fast and pretty versatile, but you will more than likely be always a lineman because you're not skinny enough or fast enough to be a tight end. And I've noticed that more and more as the years have gone on earlier, you saw a lot of bigger guys, I feel play positions. Like you saw some pretty large tight ends, pretty large running backs, fullbacks, like really play the game and get appreciated. But now it seems like they want him skinnier and faster. Fucking Antonio Gates is a receiver. He is a receiver. He's a basketball player, actually. But he is a receiver playing tight end. And so they want him faster and all that stuff. And that's why he's one of the best. But at the same point, I don't know how his blocking was. I never heard of any real good stories about him being an awesome blocker. But yeah, you just see a lot of people be skinnied up when it comes to that. They just want skinny, fast guys, not big beasts. You know, like for running backs, what was it? The Okafor, or um, I forget the Nigerian uh, nightmare, I think he was called. I, he was huge and played the game as a running back and was very successful. Christian Okoye. Yeah. Dude was a freaking. Beast. It could have just been his pads though, too. I don't know. I don't know exactly know. He was 6'1250, which is the size of most centers. So he definitely was not a small guy. You know, Jerome Bennis was one of the last big guys to play the running back position. So just always had those soft hands and wanted to be able to be and do whatever position was possible just because I loved the game. So Select the so let's just recap real quick. At center, we have Jim Otto. At left guard, we have Larry Allen. At right guard, we have John Hanna, the hog. At left tackle, we have Anthony Munez. And at right tackle, we have Forrest Gregg. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you disagree with me, you can totally have a discussion. Send me a, an email, rowroartistry at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me on any any one of my social media platforms. Um, just search Roro Artistry at TikTok and Facebook. And it, for Instagram, look at look up official Roro Artistry. I had somebody uh, steal... My Instagram handle. I'll uh I'll update you guys on a whole different episode about that. However, just you know where to find me, and I appreciate you looking and starting a conversation because I would love to hear from you about this and have conversations. Because I I miss the game of football and what it used to be, and I'm not a big fan of what it has become. So that's why I love talking about old school football and creating this super team is uh, allowing for me to get nostalgic and kind of re-examine and re-dive into football that I miss. So like I said, thank you so much for listening. And just know, make today the best one yet. Take care. Good luck trying to get by.